wondered for a long time and I think this offseason painted a better picture of that but I'm still curious how much power does John Tortorella hold within this organization right now obviously he's one of the big threes the the, the menage a trois of leadership with Jones and Brea right so theoretically he's one third in control but after an offseason where so many moves were made in his image both the subtractions and the players they opted to not trade you know, the players that they brought in, the Hathaways and Stalls and Palings and shit like that. This was, I mean, this was all John Tortorella. Those, his fingerprints were all over that shit. Like, Breer is obviously the one putting the, the, the you know, the signature on the deals, right? But, I mean, is John Tortorella holding this guy at gunpoint to make these moves? Or is this a, you know, Tortorella's leading the ship and Jones and Breer just along for the ride. Like, how is this front office going right now? Because it sure fucking seems like this Tortorella guy has a shit ton of say in what goes on on a day-to-day basis with this team. I think what happens is, is they all, you know, have these meetings. They had these meetings at the end of last season and they get in a room and Tortorella says what he likes or what he wants and then, and Briere's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's what I want, too. And Briere's yeah, scared shitless good. of the guy. Yeah. Right, right. So they just agree to whatever John says. And then after that, once once you've acquiesced, then you have to kind of follow through with that. Then, you know, Toro's like, well, well, well we said we were going to do this, so we're going to have these kinds of players, so then that's the direction. And I think that's kind of how that spawns. I, I'm not sure how much disagreement there is or how much, you know, they're saying, no, you're wrong, we want to do this for the future, and how they're butting heads. You know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall on that, but I don't know if they've had any substantial disagreement yet on where they're taking things. Um, and they have to have that. I, and why the fuck is Tortorella even in the room right now? <laughs> like, you know, that's the that's the big question. I mean, what the fuck has he ever built? Like we had mentioned before, he built a stable for his horse. Yeah, <laughs> with his own two hands, I'm sure. Um, you know what? We've talked about how important leadership is, and in a, in a DM, Dan, you mentioned that Papa uh, Flyers said that, you know, think about how Dan Hilferty hired Danny Briere. Or sorry, Keith Jones. I didn't even need to hire. I think it was Hilferty. Hilferty was the one that made that call. Hilferty went in there, he interviewed Briere, and he said, I don't even need to interview anybody else. Briere's my guy. And listen, I'm sure I melted down about that at the time, but when Papa brought that up last week on that show, I fucking, I was, mm, that little part of my brain almost lost it because I forgot all about that. That was a repressed memory I did not need dug up. Thanks, Papa. Appreciate it. I know. I forgot. I forgot that too, Andy. Good job. Thanks a lot. Now I got PTSD. <laughs> but basically, if that's the way that the you know the chairman is going to hire the general manager, yeah, then the general manager is going to go, oh yeah, whatever. Like fuck, Torts is here, so Torts is just going to go. Torts is my guy. 
Because after all, that's what Dan Hilferty said about Dan Briere. You know what? Oh, that's the guy for me. I don't even have to talk to anybody else. This is the guy. Well, I don't even have to talk to anybody else. What Torts says, I agree with Torts. Mm-hmm. What so diff- if, that's way, if that's the way the organizations are going to be run, then you're kind of running in circles. You need somebody to make decisions, and that's it. We we were told that Danny Breer had final say with Keith Jones. So mm-hmm. they need to live up to that. Yeah, I'm interested to see what difficult decisions they make in the near future when it comes to the uh, uh, personnel in the front office and, you know, whether it's with the coaching staff or, you know, some high level people that assigns, Oh, we just like everybody in place. These are the people we would have chosen anyway. Like they haven't really had to make any real tough decisions on that. Um, I guess the Keith Jones one was rather bizarre. And I actually kind of like the Keith Jones decision, Um, even though he doesn't have experience in the role. I do get a good sense that he's not going to tolerate being a doormat and he's going to do whatever he can to get out of that. Um, now, when it comes to the roster itself, I I kind of want him to have some influence because I do trust his mentality and I don't really trust the other's mentality. Um, but I do want to see what they do. You know, when it comes to, OK, is John not doing a good job? Are they going to fire him? Um what other what other people are they going to be replacing here? Are they going to start to say, John, you're wrong and get into some sort of public spat with him about, you know, roster construction or where the team's headed? And I kind of want to see that because so far it's just been like all hunky dory and everybody likes each other and agrees and whatnot. And unfortunately, the Flyers are too complicated for that dynamic to actually work. There's going to need to be hard decisions made. And um, I doubt that, you know, all of Fletcher's regime, which is basically still there, is all of a sudden going to magically do great now that Chuck isn't there. Um, so, you know, right now it's still in the infancy of where we are with them, but, um, I want to see how they react to some adversity. I think next summer we'll paint the story on that one. Cause that's the summer where you're going to have to make these calls on connect me and Lawton and these roofs and this coaching staff and whatever it is that their plan is moving forward. Right. You can throw away this year. And as Manny talked about, no matter what the outcome is this year, they can sell it as a positive, right? They sucked and we're rebuilding about high draft picks or we succeeded and we're going to do great for the future. But it's what you do in, you know, at the deadline. It's what you do next summer as far as subtractions or additions or whatever path they ultimately want to take the team. You know, picking that direction and moving along with it and doing what they got to do then. That's when you can fully address this team. If they sit on their fucking hands and do nothing and run it back, Dan the Flyer fan's not going to be happy about this one. But, you know, in the meantime, it's just kind of about feed the feeling out process of this new regime. And I don't know, man, so far this new era of orange feels very similar to the last one. I don't know. I I just, it just feels like Tortorella has got his hands all over this organization and Breer is not going to question him at all. You know, and maybe once sooner or later, there will be a spat that uh, comes along here as Mike was alluding to, where we'll get a better idea of it. But until that happens, I don't know. I don't, there's something about this dynamic in the front office that I still do not like. Well, air of orange. (laughs) Well, Dan Hilferty said it. Oh, Briere's my guy. I'm going with him. I don't need to talk to anybody else. And Briere says, Hey, Torts is my guy. And I don't need to talk to anybody else. He's involved in the decision-making. And then Torts is going to say, well, Lawton's my guy. And then we don't need to trade him. And Konechny's my guy, and yep. we don't have to trade him. We're going to go with this. So it's like 
shit flows downhill, right? It's everybody's kind of copying what the peer person above them in that hierarchy is doing. And that that's kind of a problem. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get that with inexperienced front offices like you have here is their first goal is to just get along with each other. And, you know, like they don't have a frame of reference as to what what works and what doesn't. And it's it's almost like like they should have brought in people with fucking experience in those roles. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least have one of them. Hey, they have Bob Murray in that role now. The only fucking guy with a modicum of experience in that front office is Bob Murray. Great. God. Yeah, yeah. Not sure how that's going to work, but. <laughs> yeah, those Ducks teams were good, I guess. But, I mean, that guy, I don't know. A little bit off the, little bit off the, uh, the, the handle there lately. Supposedly yeah. he's better now, I guess. Well, that's, that's, that's good. But, yeah, that's their only source of uh, veterans, veteran guys that have held a front office role before in, his, uh, in that front office right now. Hmm. Yeah, well, we'll see what, you know, I'm not sure what they're really looking at. I I, I guess they're trying to look at a, a lot of the young guys to an extent. But, um, you know, how many how many irons in the fire is Briere going to have as the season goes on here? I think you got to make one major at least one major trade at the trade deadline. And, and, and hopefully it happens before then. And it just sucks. We have to, you know, see the next couple would, of months. But I, I think that's the question. Is, are they going to? Are they going to actually sell Atkinson? Are they going to sell Konechny or whoever it may end up being? And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It has been so goddamn long since this organization made a significant trade of any kind, buying or selling, that, like, the idea that they're just going to pull it out of their ass all of a sudden after they said no this previous summer to do it, I don't know. I, I just cannot imagine that they deal Konechny. And it's the, the, the Shane Gossesbury theory, right? Of He's either going to reproduce the season he did last year at a point-per-game pace, and they go, well, we can't get rid of him now. Or he's going to be at less than a point-per-game pace. He's going to go back to a 35-point pace that he's been on for most of his fucking career. And they're going to go, well, his stock's lower than it was. We can't get rid of him. And that's the same thing with Lawton, because Lawton had a fucking career year last year, too. You know, so many of these guys had good seasons that should have been traded, and, you know... I don't know, have they worked themselves into a corner where they can't get that situation? Especially if the players themselves don't live up to it. You know, it'll be very interesting to see if they pull that trigger either at the trade deadline or the offseason. Once, let alone multiple times, like need to be done here. you got to siphon off some of these veterans so you can work Forster in the lineup and Brink in the lineup and start establishing a younger goddamn core here. But, uh, I don't know. That's the it, It's the fucking most annoying thing for me. The frustrating part of this entire situation is you're in a rebuild, which is theoretically focused around the kids, and it's a goddamn war and a half just to get your kids on the roster to play in the first place. Ah! So fucking frustrating that they, they, they went about building it this way. I don't know. Play the goddamn kids and get rid of your veterans. Why is that such a hard ask here in a rebuild? Fuck hate this front office <laughs> i i'm keeping the uh the the uh, the shtick going i'm on the flyers website right now and jesus christ i'm looking at their uh front office here is bobby clark still employed is he still listed it, on there it is like dude this is like a bureaucracy yeah. <laughs> it's like 20 pages long <laughs> i'm looking i'm looking at this like just looking at the former hockey players so we got Keith Jones, Daniel Briere. We're going down. We're going down. 
Hanrahan is an assistant GM. Brent Flair, assistant GM. Alan McCauley, assistant GM. John Tortorella. <laughs> Brad Shaw. Rocky Thompson. Kim Dillaball. Bill Barber, senior advisor. Bob Clark, senior advisor. Paul Holmgren, yes. Dean Lombardi, senior advisor. They're still they updated it. On the yeah, they're still on the website. Wow. They, they updated it, though. Bob yeah, Murray, they did. senior advisor. John LeClaire. <laughs> so they put the additions there, but they haven't subtracted anybody. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So are they man. still in the fucking office? Or are they not? Oh, my God. Dude, yeah, I'm this is an updated you. website that still contains everyone that was formerly on it. Dude, this is like the Philadelphia phone book here. There's that many nails. Like, it's crazy. Like John LeClaire, special advisor, hockey ops. Patrick Sharp, special advisor, hockey ops. Patrick Sharp. I forgot all about that guy. Oh, God. Yeah. God. What the fuck's he doing? Ugh. Hang on. We Nick Schultz, assistant director, player development. Sam Morin, player development. Chris Stewart, player development. Remember Chris Stewart? I do. Huh? Sammy Kapanen, player development and European Pro Scout. What? <laughs> Mike Eastwood, director of Pro Scouting. He was a player. Danny Heatley, Pro Scout. Mark <laughs> Gregg, amateur scout. Like these are just the, the this is the, it, this is everybody that's ever played for the Flyers over the last star lineup. <laughs> Danny Heatley's a fucking scout. Jessica Beal. <laughs> Jessica Beal works for the Philadelphia Flyers. Remember her? At this point, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I don't know. No, I swear to you, I'm looking at Jessica Beal, the name right now. Business analyst. <laughs> Fuck. She probably got her goddamn hands full these days. Analyzing oh. whatever business the Flyers front office is doing. <laughs> they should they should parade her out instead of gritty. Oh, Is God. she still married to Justin? I don't Justin Timberlake. Think so? I have no idea. Hold on. Yeah, this is crazy. I'm I'm checking out their website as well now, and they never listed this. I mean, they got their interns listed on here and stuff. They never listed this this amount of people. This is crazy. I mean, it's great. It's like I guess you know, it's cool pages. to. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to give everybody recognition, and like, I'm glad they're doing that. That's cool. It's like the end but, of a freaking movie. The credits. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is crazy to see all the people involved in the team and all the things they do. Creative content now. Apparently, uh, Justin Timberlake and Justin B- and uh, Jessica Biel are still together. Well, there you go. So, just where's Justin Timberlake's name on here? Probably at the very bottom because they would fail to promote that they had Justin Timberlake on their organization in the first place. He should, incompetent. Do, he should do the goal song. That'll that'll be a hit. Oh yeah, I wonder if they change the goal song this year. Again. <laughs> There's a guy named Matt Stalker. <laughs> That's <laughs> not really a good name. <laughs> Matt Stalker. Senior a... motions graphics designer. Hmm. I'm sure he's good at his job. Like every like content producer, every there's Bill Meltzer's name, there's Jason Martitis, community relations, Brad Marsh, Bob Kelly. Wow. Uh, like they everything. Event presentation. Andrea Helfrich's name is still there. I've never seen a professional team list out everybody. I mean, I actually like that. I like to listing everybody out. It's rather bizarre looking at, you know, the hockey operation stuff when we're drilling <laughs> down on that, but 
um, you know, to see some of those names on there. But uh, yes, I, I mean, seeing everybody involved is cool. They've got seven freelancers listed. Just freelancers? Freelancer. Yes, that's all mean? it says. Free- what does that entail? <laughs> it's in the event presentation. Freelancer. Okay. Huh. Does it say who who Gritty is? <laughs> yeah, I know. Eh? That's the mystery. <laughs> oh, do you guys want to go to the game and sit in the Gritty section? I was going to say, Gritty has his own section now. <laughs> the Chaos Corner, I think it's called. Chaos Corner? Wow. So all the... All the seats don't even face the ice, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're set up there. I don't know what section it is. I'm sure I could look it up if I wanted to. But he's got a whole section now where he's going to go there and, and rub his orange fluffy dong all over you during the show. And uh, I guess you can pay for that experience versus the unwanting combatants of the you know rest of the arena. So, so like if you're in the gritty section, are like are there like coordinated stunts that you're involved in, like? Like beforehand, they send you something like, "Okay, at this time, Gritty's gonna dump a bunch of popcorn on your head, or you're gonna throw a pie in somebody's." I was face. gonna, you probably have to <laughs> sign something to sit in there that says, "You know, this guy's gonna climax all over, and you just gotta yeah. kind of deal with it." <laughs> you can't be but held liable for any pregnancies with orange muppets. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cheaper just to get that underneath the Benjamin Franklin Bridge? I don't know. These days, the inflation reel is really kind of fucking that up. So. Maybe cheaper to let Gritty have his way with you, but I don't know. It's quite the uh, quite the section. Uh, I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a good idea, right? You kind of yeah. contain that motherfucker to one area, and if you want to deal with this bullshit, you can pay to do so, and the rest of the people just got to, you know, can watch the rest of the shit on the on ice product instead. So hey, they finally came up, which is funny because I'm pretty sure Gritty had his own goddamn section during the pandemic when he's own little perch <laughs> yeah. right there with his ball yes. pit next to it, and they got rid yeah. of that and let him roam free again. Now they're just containing him to one spot. So well done, Philadelphia Flyers. You fucking figured something out five years later. Good job. You deserve credit when it's due. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I want to check that out. I mean, God, imagine the hell of hell sitting in that section to be like a thousand little kids just like screaming you think he's just there non-stop for the whole thing and they're just yes oh my god i think maybe not (laughs) non-stop i think he's there like almost constantly like there's probably a couple breaks where you know they go to regroup and you know get some more props or something but i think it's i think it's nearly constant (laughs) we should go and just like do like a like a fact check and like, see if any if all these people listed on this Flyers website are actually like real people. Sure so they like, are. we so should like, interview I, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So like, to complain about the gritty section, I demand to talk to Tim Allen, the VP of operations. Oh. Was he on Home, in- yeah, Home Improvement? Tim the Toolman <laughs> Taylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to him, but my gritty experience. Jessica Beale and Tim Allen in the same spot. Wow. What a star-studded yeah. front office. It is a new era of orange. <laughs> a new era of orange where you can watch Sean Couturier play in year 14. Yeah, a new era of orange players. featuring Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson coming back from the dead to come play for this team for yeah. another 10 years. Woo-hoo. Scott Lawton, year 11. It's so different. <laughs> Building services superintendent, Kevin Smith. Remember hmm. him? Mall rats? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. <clears throat> He wears a lot of hockey jerseys. I'm sure he'd be a fan. 
Oh my god! I finally got to the end of this webpage. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is impressive. It is extensive. Huh. I wish that they would have links to like bios and stuff. They don't have any photos or any biographies, but that'd be pretty cool. Grassroots Marketing Associate. They have four of them. What? That's amazing. <laughs> Let's do that on Frequent Flyer. Every every second week, we'll request an interview with like a random person on this site. Mm -hmm. Hi, who do you want to talk to? Uh, Scott Lawton? Perhaps uh, Cam Atkinson? Or Cam York? No, I want to talk to uh, uh, Martin Gendron, who's an amateur <laughs> scout. <laughs> I want to talk to Jessica Beale. Get her, get her on here right now. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Yeah, they've got other ticketing guys to, on there, too. That's amazing. Was our friend still employed? Was he part of the? Yeah. Oh yeah. There. He's right on top. Oh, he's of course he's he now is. an SVP. Oh. Silvu play. Yeah. Us being, you know, the last outlaws out there. Our uh, friend of the show, San Filippo, and some other goalie have sold out, gone to the dark side, joined the Philadelphia Flyers organization as their Flyers broadcasting network with, uh, you know. Uh, Mertidis and Brian Smith, whatever the other guy's name is. It's uh, that was a choice. I was doing the show with Anthony, and he loaded me that in the morning. We recorded in the morning, and he's like, "You know, ASF is, you know, they're gonna join the Flyers organization." Like, what? Like, apparently, he and uh, you know, Keith Jones are good friends. So yeah, that is uh, that was I guess the favor done there is bringing them in full time, and they say their content's not gonna change. But uh, I think when, you know, I I will probably put money on them being more critical towards the organization than, you know, the broadcasting roundtable and whatever the fuck Martinez does these days. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a joke. But, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, when push comes to shove and if shit gets as ugly as it did here, you know, under the Fletcher regime, that they are allowed to uh, criticize and poke to what they, uh, what they would have done previously. So... I don't know. I'm not a. Uh, I've not listened to them regularly in a long time for various reasons, not just them. Um, but uh, I don't know. Very interesting development here. That uh, arguably the mm -hmm. biggest uh, critic, you know, the, the biggest pod that was, you know, questioned their operations uh, is now as uh, joined to the dark side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting. You know, my question. I think that they're still going to have really good analysis. Uh, on players and great information on trades and stuff like that, uh, which is always appreciated. Um, I'd be curious to know kind of what the advantage uh, is for them. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they're getting any, you know, any greater distribution, you know, because of this, it's the same logo, but it's orange now. And, you know, I don't think that they needed any upgraded equipment. They always had good quality podcasts. So, I'm not sure what the advantage is. Maybe there's, you know, some financial compensation that the crossing broad wasn't was it providing or the extent of which wasn't as great as the flyers are. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think that the one thing that's going to be an issue is that when there needs to be criticism on the general manager and there always is in hockey, especially, I mean, it's a it's a hot seat for sure. Are they going to be willing to, you know, make those comments about what Briere's doing when they're so close to him, and and possibly with Keith Jones too, because Keith Jones is the Especially one that's the Jones, boss. Yeah, you know, he's the one that's going to need to pull the trigger on that. And you know, at at some point, Keith Jones is going to have to fire Danny Briere. 
Um, At some point, Keith Jones is going to get fired himself. Yeah, he probably will. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) um, are they going to be paired at the hip? Is he going to be, are they going to be reporting on that? And yeah, I think that's where things get, get very murky. And I know that there's a lot of journalistic integrity that has been, has been bandied about. Of course, that's important. Um, You know, but I think when you're, when you're analyzing sports organizations, the front offices are major, major topics. And to kind of wall that off with a relationship like that, I think is a little bit, um, you know, I think that raises a little bit of question as to kind of, you know, if they're actually going to, what kind of content becomes of this when, especially when push comes to shove. Yeah. Mm Um, I'm a little conflicted with, uh, with that news. Um, to me, I've always loved Dan Sanfilippo and I, I'm, I always will. I mean, him, Anthony DeMarco and Charlie O'Connor are like the, you know, they're the gold standard for, if you want anything flyers related news wise. That said, when you put your pen to paper and now you work for the team, I have a hard time squaring the fact that when push comes to shove, if the Flyers organization wants to kill a story or make sure that something doesn't get out there, they're going to do it. That's And that's my problem is then it's not the same snow the goalie. And I love Russ Joy too. I love him more than probably 99% of people on Twitter. I I, I was at times, I, I'd written a super long DM to him like two years ago. And uh, I just, I didn't end up sending it to him. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted some advice on, on some things. And I know that he had, you know, changed careers and whatnot and just, some of the things that he was saying and tweeting online, like really resonated with me. So I have mm-hmm. the utmost respect for the snow, the goalie guys, but I can't imagine that it can be the same. And the, the sad thing for me is every time that I'm going to be, you know, hearing from them or if there's a news story or whatever, it's always going to be, no matter what it is, it's in the back of my head. It's going to say, and they work for the team. Yep. Yep. And like, that's the thing that bothers me because I like those guys so much and I like the show so much, but now every time that they, that something comes out, well, they work for the team. So then what does the team want out of this and why are they letting this get out there? And I don't want to have to question my sources like that because if I do, then I don't listen to them and I'm, they're not my sources and I don't listen to them. So if I want my news, it's got to be somebody that I can trust and I'm not saying I don't trust them, but there's questions now where there wasn't any before. And that bothers me. It's well put. What I, like like for just as an example, the the awful story, which I mean we haven't heard a, an update and I, in a way it's you want to respect the families at this time, but the thing with uh, Jim McCrossin and uh, Sal, I don't remember the last name. I don't remember either. The, 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 the two yeah, the trainers, trainers yeah. the Zamboni, like they broke that story. Would they be breaking a story like that now? I don't know. I don't think so. Like that, like my gut tells me no. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that, 
that kind of it's a question like honestly we're like we're gonna see what happens and i still like them and i wish them nothing but success it's obviously big for yeah. them but, yeah, I mean, but it, it, it comes at a cost right yeah and like they can't deny that either i mean you can't be reporting on stories that make your employer look bad or discredit your employer like it just is it's incongruent with how organizations function you know um i think it's one thing to you know i like you look at a team like the phillies and they kind of what's interesting about them and i guess it's more so with like nbc sports philadelphia but they employ people that rip the team like and it's fun to watch. That's true. Like yeah. Ricky Patalico is on there, and he is about as straight as you're going to get on, yeah, on those any post team. games can get intense from time to time. Yeah, yeah, and even with Barkan too. And like the Phillies, and one thing that the Phillies do well is they encourage that and and they embrace that. And as long as you're doing it fairly, you know, I think that it works. And the thing with the Flyers is that they've been completely opposite. Whereas like everybody that's kind of within their sphere of influence, whether it's directly employed by them or, you know, second or third layer way is just this goo goo gaga over the team and they can do no wrong. And how dare you question what's going on with them? Um, and I'm not sure if, if, if their podcast by being under the Flyers umbrella is going to kind of morph into the way the Phillies kind of do it. Um, but that's like more so like it's a longstanding thing. They've allowed that kind of, uh, journalistic freedom by a lot of folks, even like, you know, like Jim Salisbury, you know, would rip them sometimes. And he wrote about them for years. And, um, it's just kind of instilled in the way that the organization functions and it's not the way the flyers have ever functioned. So it's just uncomfortable to, you know, see, okay, are they still going to do that stuff? Are they still going to be like, oh, this general manager is doing a terrible job and should be fired. Like, is that ever going to come out of their mouth? I don't think so. <laughs> so there's limits. There's definitely limits and hard caps on what what they're probably going to do. And they can't, you know, like if we were talking about it, I can't imagine they deny that, you know, like, are you really going to say that the president of hockey ops is doing a shitty job by not firing this guy or not bringing this guy? Like, I can't, I can't imagine you're going to criticize your employer in that capacity. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, that leaves Brotherly Pod as the last outlaw out there. Last yeah. one that's willing to fucking talk shit in this organization. We're Mavericks, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be, you know, I think that's part of the thing is you got to, I think that you got to give them, you got to give them credit when credit's deserved. But I think that part of it is, you, you, know, you always got to be saying, OK, but you can do this better, but you can do that better. And I think that's part of the conversation about a public uh, entertainment group like a professional sports franchise. You have to have that kind of commentary. And if you don't, then what's the fun in you know, what they're doing? If they're not perfect. Hell, if this team is winning the Stanley Cup year in and year out, you know, every single year. Fine. Fine. OK, but if you're not doing that. You know, then I think that there is more than enough room to be skeptical about what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, Daniel, you're so negative. And, you know, I heard that for fucking 10 years at this point. But, you know, I always say, like, I'm not going out of my way to point out the negatives. It's just you're, there's a complete lack of positives on a most most of the time. But what the fuck has this organization done right over the last? five years you know lost 10 years and 
you know, if they were winning five consecutive Stanley Cups, this was, you know, a team that was like the Avalanche or Tampa or Vegas right now. Yeah, you know what? If I was going out of my way to point that shit out, sure, you can call me negative, but just call it like I fucking see it right now. Give me something to be positive about. I'll be positive. And there's been a stunning lack of that for many, many, many years now. And, you know, all these goddamn idiot fans out there with their press passes and credentialed, and we just want to be fucking fake fucking insiders, and which is... It's a stunning number of uh, people that are in their role these days. And, you know, I, I am totally fine being on the outside looking in and doing this one, you know, from this angle and, and being the negative one and the realistic one. Because at the fucking end of the day, I'm the one that's not going to be wrong. There's nothing I say that's wrong. If we go back and visit every goddamn take I've ever made on this show, I guarantee they're fucking right! Because it's obvious, you know? It's not negativity. It's just calling it like I fucking see it. And I, I take pride in what this brand is. And I am will never cave to this organization. Shit, I've had these people yell at me for years. I don't even have goddamn press passes. My paths should not cross with that organization. And yet they fucking do. So, you know, I don't give a shit. What are they going to do, punish me? Remember the two years ago when I called out their shit pride night? And then in turn we were punished for not giving... We we were the only fucking website and or podcast out there that was not given tickets for Jerus 1000 game to do giveaways for. The only fucking one, which was in direct correlation to the fact that I questioned their pride night uh, just a few weeks prior to that. So there's, Great outreach. Yeah, great outreach. They're a bunch of spiteful motherfuckers is what they are. And uh, I don't give a shit. I will be... Here until the end. The last Maverick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's also fair to be skeptical about what they're doing because the Flyers' rebuild right now is 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 unconventional compared to what we're seeing from like a Chicago Blackhawks who have a track record of really good rebuilds. And it seemed like the New Jersey Devils who had positioned themselves for top picks for years and now they – you know, seem to be a powerhouse team. Same with the Colorado that had a number of high picks and positioned themselves in that way. And, and you know, the Flyers aren't really doing that. They they kind of did it a little bit. They got you know lucky with the Mitchkov stuff, but they're not really doing what the other teams have done. So I think it's fair to take a step back and say, look, like we've seen all this success on on the other side here. Why aren't the Flyers doing that? Or they're trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of something else. And, you know, I'm 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 confused about exactly what they're doing and where they're headed with it. And, you know, a lot of other people aren't for some reason. I think that they yep. just hear the word rebuild. Oh, they've admitted the rebuild. Everything's fine, whatever, whatever. It's like, well, let's dig a little bit deeper. Are they really doing what a rebuild should be done? And um, maybe probably not right now. So <laughs> Yeah, it's I, just, I think it's fair. The public perception, I think, got dialed so far back when Breer got, you know, hired that despite the fact that he was Chuck Fletcher's right-hand man, you're supposed to forget that part, you know, despite the fact that this front office stayed pretty much intact, especially these fucking Bobby Clark and Paul Holmgren shit that are still actually employed by this organization. But, like, you know, it just feels like teams like the Rangers and the Devils and, you know, everyone always says, well, the, day of the Devils let the Flyers. Yeah, because they fucking did this rebuild right. You know, they did what they were supposed to do and had success at the end of the rainbow because of it. You know, whereas the Flyers have failed through, you know, the Hextall rebuild, which are essentially redeploying right now. And by the way, this organization has lied to our faces multiple times over the last handful of years. You know, we just saw it with... with Chuck Fletcher last week, the, the aggressive retool where he walked away with Nick DeLore and Tony D'Angelo. 
for Breyer to come in and use the word rebuild and then immediately start talking about how many games are going to fucking win. Like, I realize there's some level of we can't openly say we're going to tank, but you did not build a roster that's built a tank. This roster is built to win, you know, to at least to some extent. It's the miscommunication from the front office that is again throwing this whole thing in limbo. You want to talk about playing the kids, but make sure none of your kids play on a night-to-night basis. There's a lot of these little inconsistencies now that people are overlooking because they're still in the honeymoon phase with Briere, but you're going to look back on in a few years from now if they don't figure their shit out and go, man, this was fucked up from the beginning, just like we did with fucking Hextall. You know, I gave up on him a lot sooner than a lot of people did, which is why I got the name Negative Dan from in the first place because I didn't believe his fucking rebuild was going right. But it was fucking right! Because of course it was! Because it was painfully obvious that he was doing the wrong shit so early on. And I just don't want to see that again. I don't want to see five years from now, they go, oh shit, this rebuild was a complete disaster because they fucked it up from the very beginning. You know, it may be negative. I may not be sitting here and licking the taint of this organization. But Jesus, tap dance in Christ, you're not giving me anything to be happy about. You know, give me something to be positive and I'll be positive. Bobby Bring made the team. That's awesome. You're actually giving Zamula a chance three years too late, but you're giving him a chance. Great! You know? Where the fuck's Ronnie Adder? Where are the rest of these prospects? Why the fuck are you carrying three goaltenders? You know, it's just, there's still a lot of questions that remain for the future of this team. Why didn't you trade Konechny? Why didn't you trade, what the fuck is Mark Stahl doing here? Like, there's still a lot of these things, and until you get some answers, I think it's more than fair to be skeptical about their process right now. They have time to figure it out, but until they figure it out and feel like there's some kind of tangible plan that they present you, man, it's just Hextall 101 all over again, and I'm not in it for that, you know? So that's my stance on this fucking team and the coverage of it, and I'm going to keep doing what the fuck I'm going to do here. And you know what? I've had a lot of success doing what I'm doing, so fuck you all. Your goddamn press pass is bullshit. Stick them up your ass sideways. And honestly, I think the Flyers would be more well-served. And maybe Jonesy and, I mean, is anyone that would understand that it's Keith Jones working with Angelo, you know, for 20 years and ripping the shit out of every organization in sight. And I think the more you embrace that, the better off you are. The more you try to say, oh, no, shush. Oh, we can't say anything bad. You know, like the Bill Meltzer style and the Mertita style and and all of that stuff. That's what you don't want to do. Because that pisses people off, it insults their intelligence, and um, and you try to proscribe how you're supposed to root for a team or evaluate a team. But if you let people be critical of it, and and then you prove that you're a winner, like the Phillies and Eagles have, then then it's like okay, you start to establish a level of trust in the front office and ownership. It, it just builds the whole thing snowballs into just becoming a good organization, and the fans start to say, "Shit, you know what? Maybe you do. You know, maybe Howie Roseman is a Hall of Fame general manager. You know, maybe Dave Dombrowski seems to be one of the best GMs of all time. You know, and." And the list goes on on the good decisions and the good executives and the good players that come in. And the, and the Flyers, I think they're better served letting people vent out and and not trying to suppress them. Maybe Keith Jones is the right guy for that, but there's still a lot of people in that organization. We could go on for a long time with names that still have that older typical Flyers, oh, no, they can do no wrong type of thing. Wrong way to go about it. At the end of the day, if you're – if if you're critical or you ask questions about this team, it keeps them honest because then they have to defend their plan or their actions or what it is they're doing. If everybody just sits there and nods their head like a bobblehead or, or nods their head, like they're doing something else. But (laughs) I mean, that's not helping anybody. 
Like you're not helping the organization get better. You're just being a a, a conduit for their propaganda or their the message that they want getting out there. And that's not the way to go. Like they they should be fully aware and understand that you know what we are going to be having to ask answer questions about this rebuild. Yeah, we need to answer questions on uh, how many times young guys are going to be playing. We need to answer uh, why you know we went out and got veterans. We need to answer uh, what is going to happen uh, you know at the trade deadline or post trade deadline and whatever, and in the off season in order to further that rebuild. Asking those questions is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It's the bedrock of America. It's what makes democracy work, for God's sakes. It's what our entire system, and I'm in Canada, so it's the same thing. It's the entire system (laughs) is based on asking questions and having a dialogue. If you're just going to sit there and parrot what the front office says, great. Don't tell me, by the way, that none of these people that are just throwing roses and praising all these people's, you know, to the end of the earth, that they don't boo players, that they don't talk shit about players, that they don't talk shit about the coaches and the front office and the scouts and everything else. You're telling me none of those people do any of that stuff? They do. Not on the record, but they do. Oh, yeah, they do. So at the same time, it's the the pot calling the kettle black like it's just when when things go well absolutely look they won their opening game it's good and guys that need to get off to a good start got off to a good start i don't think it's sustainable but whatever it is what it is but at the same time questions questions are not there to be a nuisance it's there to keep them honest and it's there to have them have more clarity and to be able to express and defend their actions, their plan, and what they're going to be doing. 